You're listening to the Redeemer London podcast. For more information, visit our website at redeemerlondon.org. Great. We are now going to hand over to Matt and Sarah, who are going to read our Bible reading from today. It's actually from John chapter 11, verses 17 to 37. So thank you, guys. Jesus comforts the sisters of Lazarus. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem and many Jews had come to visit Martha and Mary to comfort them for the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you what you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. After she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Great. Thanks so much for reading that to us, guys. We know, don't we, that the Gospel of John is more interested in showing who Jesus is than what Jesus has done. And this is the fifth statement that we've just been reading through the I am's. I am the resurrection and the life. I'm even going to suggest this morning that this may be the most well known of all of the seven statements. Why would I say that? It's often used to bring comfort during a funeral. My father-in-law, Roger, suddenly died at the start of this year. Priorities change. Tears come. Words you'd wish that I'd said. Mourning occasions that are not likely to happen. Plans discarded. Stopping to remember. Sharing your grief with others. Text, cards, flowers. I'm sure you understand the situation. I guess that's the scene of today's passage. My first point is this, that we understand the story. And the story that this comes in is one of death. There's been death in the family. 
We think they're a wealthy family. We think that because of the offering that she poured out upon Jesus's feet. We know that the, the place where they were living was only three kilometers from Jerusalem. So a huge crowd of Jews would have come out to mourn, probably the shock of a youngish guy called Lazarus who's died. In that community, people were buried on the day that they were dying. They would sit and they would mourn. Obviously, now we are limiting under these coronavirus situations, funerals to a handful, up to 10. In those days, though, it was it was your duty to attend. As, as a good Jew, you went along to mourn. In fact, even a very poor family in those days was expected to pay two people to play the flute and one professional crier just to lament this. This is the scene that this comes up. We know that, how do I put it, that Lazarus is dead, dead. In the passage, it says four days. In the Jewish thinking, for the first three days, the spirit almost hovered around thinking would they return to the body. But by the fourth day, they reckoned decomposition had started and therefore the spirit went on to the afterworld. In fact, John, in his normal irony, even has Jesus tell the disciples bluntly he's died. What happens is, as Jesus says to the disciples, Lazarus has fallen asleep. <laughs> and the disciples go, well, if he's only asleep, won't he wake up? And Jesus says, no, he has died. In fact, the shortest verse of the Bible we read today, Jesus wept. Why did he weep? Because Jesus realised that this was the impact, I believe, of death. Lazarus has died. He's outside the tomb. He loved him. We see something of Jesus's humanity. The story that we this statement comes in is a story of death. There is a death threat hanging over the very life of Jesus. We know that the Pharisees who've got a stronghold in Jerusalem have got a bit fed up with this new radical teacher. In fact, just in the book of John, in John 8, people have picked up stones ready to stone Jesus. In John 10, again, they pick up stones. In John 10, uh, verse 39, they plan to seize him. Even Thomas, the one we think of as the doubter, sort of says, okay, well, let's go with Jesus to Jerusalem because we know we're going to die. In fact, later on in John 11, the high priest of that year even makes a statement which John says, well, look, this really is a prophecy saying in John 11 verse 50. Do you not realise it's better that one man die for the people than the whole nation perish? I guess this story of death is something that for many of us has come much more into our thinking since the coronavirus. When I looked up this morning, the death toll in the UK has now reached 34,466. The death toll around the world is over 316,000 people just from coronavirus. Death. Let's be honest, it's not something in the UK we really like to think about. In fact, if anything, we like to deny it, avoid it. We have places, hospitals, hospices, morticians. Our coffins look more like jewellery boxes. Our cemeteries are made of, to be like peaceful gardens. 
we tend to use the phrase lost and passed away. Yet death was much more an in-your-face experience in Bible times. So that's the story that we're thinking about this morning. And then we get this statement from Jesus. Jesus makes a statement that is bold and challenging. He's not saying, hey, God can sort out your life. He's saying, I can. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. As I say, this situation to me, it's, it's a little bit different because some of the others, if we're really honest, the sign has happened and then Jesus has explained it. He's fed the 5,000. Then he says, I'm the bread of life. They're at the festival. And then he says, I'm the light of the world. But this one is reversed. It's almost like Jesus wants to underline it. And he says, I am the resurrection and the life. (laughs) I find, again, there's a certain irony in John. The Pharisees, when they hear this, make a plot to kill him. (laughs) And yet he's the one who says, I will rise. In fact, in John 6, Jesus had said to his disciples, For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. Mm. We believe Jesus is the resurrection. The early church believed this. Paul encouraged the church in Corinthians with this. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 52 says, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. Mm. I guess that's why when I was involved in the funeral of my father-in-law, there was comfort from these words knowing that he's more alive now than when he was on the earth, knowing that one day I will see him again. Jesus says, I am the resurrection. Jesus also says, I am the life. I went through and counted up today because I think this is a strong theme. I'm not over preaching it this morning. We'll be looking at it next week. But this is the 31st time in the book of John where the word life is referred to. He goes on to use it another 10 times. I think life is a concept we're still chasing today. I used to be a primary school teacher and the deputy head where I worked used to say this. It's not the years you pack into your life, but the life you pack into your years. So many of us, if we're really honest, have have found coronavirus hard because it's clipped our freedom. And really, we want to pack as much into our life as possible. Jesus came to offer you life and life in all its fullness. Not some distant future, but a present reality. I believe eternal life starts now if you're trusting Jesus Christ. It's funny, I think about Mary and Martha. Both of them really start with a question, almost if only, if only they did look at their past and think, oh, if only... I'd like to change that and say, if Jesus, because Jesus brings hope, whatever your past. So we've got this story, we've got this statement. And then, like I say, it's being reversed and we get this sign. I'm going to carry on reading from where Matt and Sarah finished. John 11 verse 38 says this, Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But 
but Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they might believe you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. You see, in this story of death, Jesus makes this statement, but then we get this sign, he is the resurrection and life. As well as seven statements in the book of John, there are actually seven signs. John 2, Jesus turns water into wine. John 4, he heals the royal official's son. In John 15, he heals the paralytic. At John 6, he feeds the 5,000. Then he walks on water and then he heals the man born blind. In some respects, you know, there's this crescendo throughout the book. The signs are getting bigger and bolder and more incredible until you get to the seventh and the last one and he's raising Lazarus from the dead. John Calvin, who's a great Bible teacher, says Jesus advances to the tomb as a champion who prepares for conflict. <laughs> I've often thought, I, look, I don't even know if they had tombstones in those days. We have them today. I just imagine, what would it have said on Lazarus's tombstone? Born? Died? <laughs> rose? Be amazing, wouldn't it? This is a most dramatic and provocative event in the gospel. I love the power that there is in this sign. I'm sure it's just my mind, but, you know, he had to call Lazarus because if he had said come out, everybody might have risen. I don't know. <laughs> was it a cemetery? You see, there was a sign of the power of Jesus. So. I've talked about the story, I've talked about the statement, I've thought about the sign. But actually, that's not the point of John. John is not written so that we're all excited about the fact that Lazarus rose from the dead. John is written about what I would call Sunday. <laughs> Where do I get that from? I know it's four S's and I'm trying to keep it for you. You see, the reality is that the resurrection of Lazarus points forward to the resurrection of Jesus mm. that we know at the end of the book takes place on a Sunday. You see, there are no miracles recorded in the book of John. You see, miracles explain the coming of the kingdom. Signs point to the coming of the king. And John wants us to look at this Jesus Christ and think, you know, he's the one who's risen from the dead. There are so many pointers, it's just even in this little chapter, that I wish we could have time to go through. Even when Jesus asked the question, where have you laid him? We know later in John, Mary says to the gardener, where is he? When they respond, come and see. We know in John 21, Jesus is like, come and have breakfast. 
We know there's an empty tomb at the end of the story. We know with Jesus there's an empty tomb. So in some respect, there's almost a a shadow in this picture of what is going to happen with Jesus. And yet Jesus is so much more. Mm. Nobody untied Jesus. When they got to his tomb, they found the grave clothes left behind. Jesus did not die again. Lazarus's tombstone would then say, died. Jesus lives forever. Jesus didn't die because of some event that took his life. Jesus died for us. It says in Romans 4 verse 25, he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Mm. One of the things I find uh, so frustrating about the coronavirus, if I'm really honest, is that the two things Jesus asked for his church to do, we're really unable to do in a way that we meaningfully normally do. And both of them point to Jesus' death and resurrection. Breaking bread, when we remember his body broken and his blood poured out. And a baptism. Both of these we were actually you to do. And both of them remind us that actually it's all about Jesus. So I've talked about a story, a statement, a sign and a Sunday. Throughout this story, many people are asking questions. Martha and Mary are almost saying, if, oh, but Lord, the mourners are saying, couldn't he? We find in the story, Jesus reveals lots about himself, truth about himself, emotions from within himself, actions. But actually, he just asks the one question. And the one question is this, Martha, do you believe? Now, in her words, she says, yes. She said, you're the Christ, the son of God, the Messiah, the one who's coming into the world. But in her actions, I wonder if she said no. Because when he went to open the tomb, she says, but Lord, it was stink. You see, in the Gospel of John, seeing is not believing. You need to believe in order to see. And I, I just feel that God would want to challenge us this morning. Some of us have maybe never believed. And, and you've just watched this. Someone sent you a link or someone in the family said, come on, join Redeemer this morning. We love having you with us. That's why Alpha helps you to believe so that you can see. But maybe for some of us while we're watching, you think, I would say with my mouth that I believe, but I'm not sure that my actions really express that I believe. 